Good Monday to you, Tom Carroll. Chris Cox, we've got the coach Dan Spivey joining us here. Howard's on Main, the weekend after the big festival, the Discovery, all the barbecue you can eat, and uh, don't even bring uh, the mention of barbecue to Stan. He is barbecued out. <laughs> He's drinking it out. I'm He's good, brother. Out. I'm good. I promise you. He has cooked. I might not want to eat any or cook any today, but we'll be ready tomorrow. Tell you what, it was absolutely delicious. I know I got the brisket from Stan, and I still have about a third of it remaining, and uh, uh, well, you were delicious. one of the smart ones. Instead of buying one sandwich, <laughs> you just bought the whole just thing. Bought the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll family I, for two, three days. <laughs> there nights. you go. I'll tell you what I got to try because a friend of mine said he tried your hash. And I have yeah. not tried his hash yet. And he said it is. you need to try good. it, so we'll leave it at that. It's good. So. Well, we can stop by the house and get you a quart for the home, way home. And oh, wow. You can have it for supper tonight. <laughs> I love it. You're a good man. But, uh, yeah, we can, we'll talk a little bit about the barbecue festival, some great music that took place as well. I tell you what, we I got to listen to some great bands <laughs> over the course of Saturday and, of course, uh, Thursday while I was here as well. And then uh, the big hot dog eating contest, we're going to get into that. Uh, congrats. We had a, a two winners. Two winners. Uh, we had a tie. So It's bad when a hot dog eating contest runs out of hot dogs. <laughs> Yeah, but who would have won? Did it? Did I not hear on that video that where the guy says, "Listen, they said we're going to find another hot dog." He said, "No, I'll just I'll give it to him." He said, I, <laughs> he said "I've I had give, my fill of hot dogs, man. I don't want any more." So I think they would send somebody over here to Howard's to get about another dozen. He had, they have. They'd have been good. I tell you that. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll dive a little bit into that. We got uh, news from Gall. They uh, their, their uh, tournament concludes today here in Greenwood, and they've had a lot of. Uh, great teams that have come out, and a lot of great games that have been going on. Jim uh, still was out there earlier. I think it was Saturday. He Saturday night he went out, uh, got to see a little bit of that. So uh, you know, just in in talking with some folks that went, it is it's a lot of fun watching these younger ten and unders absolutely thrive on the baseball field. You don't think Coach Baker and Coach Hyder are out there? <laughs> oh, you know they are. You know they are. So. They probably have their players out there somewhere too. Future oh, players, I'm sure future they are. Eagles, You're future right. Vikings. Yeah. That are out amongst all that. So we've got that to talk about. We'll get into uh, post-20. They get underway tonight. Uh, Baseball-wise, they got to go down to Richland. We'll tell you how uh, their bracket stacks up. Also, the ladies uh, are going to be in action. Uh, they uh, well, Greenwood won pretty much um, the Northern Divisions, uh, or Northern Division Two. Let's qualify that. They won that one uh, fairly easily, eight to four, eight wins, four losses. So we'll dive into that a little bit and, and see if we can't find out who they're going to be playing. I think they play tomorrow night. Tomorrow or night. Yeah. Tomorrow night at six yeah. at Greenwood High. So we'll so have I've that. I've got for an you. order to take up there. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll dive a little bit into that. We've got uh, some news concerning Clemson and what's going on with them as far as the baseball draft that's underway. And really, they had three players. Nobody else in the state had anybody drafted yesterday, but that'll change today. Oh, it, you will see a lot of stuff change today. I mean, Carolina will have some. I mean, Clemson, like you said, they've already got three. I mean, Coastal's going to have some. Uh, so far, though, what, what I've noticed about it is, because I do have it pulled up, we knew what it was going to come down to. We knew it would be Skeens. I thought it would be louder if I was looking for a pitcher. That'd be my number two pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had a team take Dylan Cruz, the outfielder, yeah. with the second pick in the trap, which is the Nats, who we will see. Me being a Marlin, you being a Braid. How are you excited you about your pickup in the draft with the first round for Atlanta? Was that not a steal of a pick? <laughs> it, it made me a smile. A steal of a pick. <laughs> <laughs> the one kid that just whipped Carolina all year, except that one series that I did watch, uh, Waldrop goes to the Braves. I don't know how you let that happen. 
if, if you're anybody else, now I know how Miami just decided we didn't want nobody in the first round. We're going to beat this little <laughs> kid here. But I, you don't go after that kid right away, especially being in Florida, man. I, I was hoping things had straightened up in Miami and Florida, but I guess that happened. But what a great pickup for the Braves. It is, and he's got what is what did the coaching pitch the pitching coach say? He basically said he's got all the qualifications. We're going to have to do very little to change what he does. He was stunned because they said, "Can you believe that Atlanta picked you?" And he said, "Well, I thought I'd go a little bit higher, but my uh, teammate went ahead of me." He's talking about the Lankford kid that plays outfield. He went forward to the Rangers, uh, which was a surprise. I don't know. Like I said, if, if you watch College World Series this year, we did, and we followed it closely. LSU had the pitchers. Florida was second in line with the pitchers. Then you had TCU and some of the other ones. But Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt. Well, I think this this year we saw more <clears throat> high-level pitching across the board in college baseball. So you get more pitchers picked because, I mean, I think, what, Cincinnati, I think that's all they've been drafting. They, they're pitcher after pitcher their after pitcher. pitcher is, you yeah, know, so, that staff's loaded uh, now. <clears throat> But then you get a team that's got – well, like and, – and we know the Braves because we followed them. They've been here. They do their research. They know what positions they need, and, and they just build that farm club mm-hmm. and let the farm club build a big team. Some of these other guys are going out trying to get kids and just build a big team. And you can't, can't be consistent that, if you do that. Well, look at the Mets, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Largest payroll in baseball. They tried to just fill, and they're, what, 14 games back now? Yeah. He still got a job. I saw our countdown is now. I said he'd be fired the other day. Well, before Stanwalt and you and I were talking, and I, I, the, the little bit I did get to watch of it, the Oakland Athletics drafted a kid out of Grand Canyon, uh, Jack, Jacob Wilson, but his dad's Jack Wilson and played for was a shortstop for the uh, Pirates way back when. Um, and they were talking about, that what they look at now is they call it bloodline, um, who your parents are, what they've done. So it's almost like they're going by your DNA before they're going to take a picket. And they said heredity, as far as his heredity, whatever you call it goes, this is why they chose that guy. And you think about now, if you're starting to do that, now he's talking about farm system. At one point in time, Florida had one of the best ones around. We won two World Series off of ours, and then we got – Housing and sold blockbusters. You got smart. Sold everybody, yeah. They got smart down there. They started selling people. But see, Sam was smart there because you know why? He alluded to the Reds pitching staff, and I told you who I would have took with number two. That's who they took with number two. They yeah. took Louder out of Wake Forest, which was a great pick, by the way. I'm just going through here looking real quick, Tom, to see who else we got, if anybody. Well, what are you doing? Speaking of which, you see De La Cruz and the fact that he stole second, third, third and home, home in two pitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Reds. That, Holy that's good. You know that that kid right there. I don't. You know you don't want to call a kid a gimmick player, but when you start doing like I'm not going to call it a gimmick. Let's say uh, when you start doing special crazy things like that, you make a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Put you up in the stolen base thing, um, and, and that that play there. And then he had another wild play in the same game in the same series this weekend, where he he made that he went over. His right fielder got burned. He goes over the right fielder's shoulder and makes a dive and catch on the wall. The other guy ain't close to the ball. <laughs> Just to show his speed. That's right. why, you know, you still all those bases. Um, Chase Dollinger, the, ten, the guy that beat Clemson out. Gotcha. He goes ninth to the Rockies. The Marlins, number 10 pick. And who did we pick? A household name, Noble Meyer from Jesuit High School in Oregon. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I never heard of it. No, and I hadn't heard it. When you don't, when, you know, I've heard of the state of Oregon, but city in the name, no, I have no idea. Six five though, I do like that. So, but I mean, that's just some of the ones, you know. Noel, what's the guy? Oh, we, we talked about him. He led the National League in home run. I mean, in the in home runs, the first part of the year from Florida Atlantic, that first baseman Noel Shannon. He went to the Angels to play with Trout. Tommy Troy from Stanford, who's a great player. Uh, Shaw from Maryland went to the Cubbies. Your Cubbies are your old team. Chris Till, the catcher from Virginia, goes to the Red Sox with the 14th pick. So, ACC, SEC is looking pretty good in the draft mm-hmm. so far, which we figured. Uh, Gonzalez goes to the White Sox from Ole Miss. And then you got this. When, now it's when you're going to start seeing the high school kids. And this is what you don't want to see. How about Bryce Eldridge? He's from James Madison, Virginia High School. He was committed to Virginia and then Clemson. Mm-hmm. Then he, we were talking to him in Columbia, and now he's he's gone in the, with the 16 pick to the Giants. So um, I told you there were a bunch of these high school guys that had committed to go. LSU's lost three in the first round and the compensatory what is going on right yeah. now. So LSU, who was hoping to – rebuild and reload uh and that's the thing we dealt with that after the world series well and tanner said that he said all you can do is go get the best players on that board but mlb's gonna know about them too if you want to if you want to college world series like we have they're gonna know about it also and they're gonna go get those players first so but how many of those players coming right out of high school they get drafted they get some uh, i mean and people the contracts or the con- major league baseball, the, the the big deal, they determine the contracts. I mean, you're not going to get millions and millions of dollars. <clears throat> These guys going to end up on in the farm system, and a you know they may be there five or six years before if they stay that long, and if they can stay healthy. And if no other hot shot out of college comes in and beats them out of a position, um, kids, you know, go to college, play four years of college baseball, get to Omaha, see that excitement. There's teams out here that anybody would be glad to have you, and a lot of people would – you could help a lot of teams, and a lot of teams are are just quality teams. Baseball quality coaching. It's not like the guys in the major leagues. If you want coaching, you got to go to college. You get them to the majors. They're just going to tweak what you already know. And if you don't know nothing, you're not going to be there very long. <laughs> well, it's like the guy Danny Gallagher, who I'm on Facebook with, does a lot of stuff that had played formerly in the, with the Expos team. Um, you know, he went 16 years and never made it to the majors, but yeah. never gave up. He played 16 years of minor league baseball. And now he just writes about the the expos, and he's one I've got lined up to come on sooner or later. And now it's probably a good time with the draft coming on. See if I can get in touch with him. Um, but like I said, he's got many books out there and stuff like that. And that's, that was his thing. He says you can be the the hot shot kid, like from Greenwood, South Carolina, but that doesn't mean you know a hill of beans once you go somewhere. No. Um, and it's like Dylan Cruz. I mean, the outfitter that went to. He's got to play his game. Luckily, he went to the Nationals, who needed an outfielder or a center fielder. Um, and that's but what, how many have they got in their farm club? Oh, they've got several. You know, so he's got to bat not only them, but now, now Washington's going to pay a little bit of a premium beginning. But if he don't, if he can go to spring training 
and one of those guys from down there in Double A might beat him out, and he may be he may find himself down at Double A or Triple A to start the season. Now he may come in and and be able to do it all. But uh, I think about like this draft because what you say is just that's that was been my question for years about if the Nationals are going to pay this kid four million dollars to come in. If if I'm the owner of that team, I'm not sitting his butt on the bench. I I don't care what. Um, Tom Carroll Jr. is doing down at minor league baseball. If I'm paying this guy four million dollars, he's going to play. If he eventually doesn't pay or end up playing like he needs to, then I'm going to have to look at moving him. But I got to move him for money. I can't worry about bringing a kid up from, um, let's say Augusta Green Jackets or, or the Bra- or the Braves up here in Greenville Drive. Um, that, that's the question when you start when you talk about the salaries. That's the one thing I do respect about the free agent rookie cap in, in football. I do respect right. that more than anything else. I think eventually you're going to do that in baseball. I mean, because you're starting to see a lot of these kids, like this kid here, his name's Arjun. This is your job, by the way. Arjun <laughs> Namiolier. He's from Strawberry High School in Crest, Florida. He's 16 years old. He's barely old enough to even get in the draft, much less. He can't hardly drive. Hey, he can't really drive. And and, guess, and Toronto says, hey, come to Canada. You can drive all you want. Um, but they're taking a chance on this kid. And like I said, that's what we did, you know, at Miami. He is a shortstop, and they do have – this is the reason they picked him because he is going to be the hot shot. He was supposed to go to University of Florida. So he lost a player there. But you have Correa and you have Javi Baez at – at Toronto, that's why they had to go get this kid. The other two guys are just getting way on up there in age. But that was that's it. The, what you brought up is what I've had a problem with for the majority of my life is the fact if you're going to pay this guy this much money, as an owner of a team, how do you sit this kid and wait for this other kid to come in and beat him out? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, you better work your tail off or else we're going to trade you and I'm going to get the most I can get for you. I'm not going to wait for this guy down here in Augusta to, to make his, his stats good enough to move up, but. So far, really good draft. Any surprises that you've seen so far? Not that I've seen so far. Been, I mean, like I said, just – fun to watch. Well, yeah, because, like I said, the one that surprised me is right there, number 24, and a team called the Braves. I don't know who they really are, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get Hurston Walder up, who we talked about for days on this show. Uh, as a pitcher from Florida, like I told Stan, he's the guy that whipped the Gamecocks and the, to put us out of the – to get to the College World Series. Um, you know – just reading his stuff, he struck out 12 against Oral Roberts, who was the Cinderella that Mashi finally broke on. But, I mean, that's a surprise to me that Atlanta still that far down got that big of a player that was still there in the draft. That's, that's, you know, and they need the middle relief help, but having another starting pitcher coming up in the future, that's yeah. that's huge. I wouldn't really say – I mean, this guy's like – I'd say he's a starter. I think he, I, he can come in. He's like he's – like, uh, or he's like, excuse me, louder. That they just took from Wake Forest. They're talking about they don't think he can be a one day or two or three. Then why did you take him? If you don't think he can be a one, two, or third starter on that team, he's not a relief pitcher. You know, Louder, he's strong. His dad's a former pitcher. He's a a starter. He's not a relief. And if you don't have any need for him there, like the Reds, who were talking about who's loaded, um, why even draft him? I guess to get him off the board because he was the next one to go. But a great pickup, but, I mean, it doesn't sound like they got a place for him. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what was best about. on the board, kind of a thing, is what. Yeah, what they yeah. Say they got and I can see it. I mean, because you and there again, you looked at it. You didn't want to see the Reds took him, and I think the next team up was the Cubs, which would have been that's who they would have gone and gotten. That's one of your rivals. So I, mean, I can see that going, but I mean, we just had uh, number twenty six. The Yankees took uh, George Lombard Jr., who 
Lombard Sr. played for Connecticut. Uh, this kid's out of Gulliver High School, another kid in Florida. So the Yankees go to the to the little leagues and the high school and pick up these kids that are prospects. But so far, also good. I mean, we're at number 30 right now in the draft. No, excuse me, 31. Mm-hmm. In the compensatory draft. So we'll see It'll how get it started goes. more tonight. <laughs> oh, it'll be. Coming your way. You know, that's what I was talking about. You know, we we had, we we've talked about doing like a draft thing for football. It'd be easy to do it because football drafts really easy. Um, this would be hard to do. This would be three, four, five days of just sitting up here with this thing, mine rolling, yours rolling, Stan's got his over there. And like I said, you just basically got to either pick a player or a team until you roll down through it and it finally pops up. So, <laughs> Like I said, they're just on 32 and they started the second round today. So, All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and move on to uh, the 10 and under championship uh, that was going on here in Greenwood. Matter of fact, still is going on through Wednesday. Um, they've got the last of the uh, pool play that's going to be taking place today. Um, and then tomorrow they'll have uh, the pool winners A versus pool winner B kind of a thing. Pool winner B winner versus pool winner A runner up. That all will take place uh, tomorrow in the championship on Wednesday. But uh, golf, you know, is one and two as of right now in pool number one. As far as the favorites go, uh, what it looks like in in pool A, you've got Northwood Blue out of District Seven. They're four and zero, oh, and uh, Irmo Gold is 3-1, and one. so right now those two are leading in Pool A. Pool B, it's going to be tough to find out who's going to win this one because Greenville runner-up out of District 7 is undefeated at 4-0, and oh, and Mid-Carolina America out of District 3 is 4-0 and oh, as of right now. So, good baseball, man. A lot of good baseball. Good baseball. Get out and support these kids. Yeah, a lot of fun. But uh, Gall, uh, they won their first game Saturday. Uh, ended up with a 15-5 win over Somerville. And that when they took one on the chin, uh, it was pretty pretty hard on Saturday as Irmo Gold beat them 12-2. And then uh, on Thursday when they started all of this, they were the last game on Thursday. That's an 8 o'clock game, by the way. But they ended up uh, surrendering 19 runs to Northwood Blue to their nine. So, Irma Gold, you know anything about them? I do not know anything about them. You know anything about River Bluff who just won a high school state championship? That's where these kids have played. <laughs> this is where they played to come up to go to Dutch Fork, Irma, River Bluff. Um, so, there again, that's like a spikes to a gall yeah. that's been playing together forever. Yeah. And uh, that's what you're starting to see. So, sooner or later, you're going to start seeing our gall team, the spikes guys, finally get together. And like I said, Greenwood Emerald should be really good mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Not that they're right now. I mean, they're, they're good now. But well, they still got one more. Greenwood's got to take on Tiga K, Fort Mill. <laughs> yep. Let's hope they got can win that K. one and move up in the bracket a little. And bit. that's the one that's been given over the years. That's Tiga K is the team that's been giving them trouble. So no, I, I know the eight and unders gave them. That was the team that gave them trouble with the eight and unders yeah. down in Somerville. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. And I, I haven't heard anything. I did some research trying to find the twelve and unders over in. Um, uh, Merle's, Inlet. Merle's Inlet, but I haven't been able to find anything on those guys. May have gotten rained out. I think they had some bad weather down there so, this weekend. And that may be why I, I, I haven't been able my, to find anything. My son-in-law called yesterday morning and said they were expecting some pretty good storms yesterday afternoon, worrying about his wife getting back home. <laughs> That's a concern. <clears throat> But, uh, so, you know, we wish them the best of luck. Well, hopefully, maybe we'll see if we can't pick up the winner or get so somebody, or somebody, get somebody from there. in here and, and fill us in. Definitely Let's need to bring our coaches in. Well, we we, we, we really know some job. guys. So yeah, we know some guys. We'll, so. we'll see. Who knows some guys? 
Now, whether or not they want to talk uh, is going to be a different story. Yeah. Um, turning to the uh, ladies' fast pitch softball out of American Legion, congrats uh, to Post 20. They end up winning the Northern Division Two, and they had what eight wins, four losses. Right behind them was Aiken at nine wins, five losses. Uh, Abbeville had uh, six wins and six losses. North Augusta eight and eight, and uh, Red Springs was one and nine as of right now in that division. So. Um, but you know, right now the favorites uh, that are out there are uh, both in the Northern Division One, and that is being Anderson. They're ten and two on the season, and Buffalo is ten and three. One of their games, though, was rained out uh, and canceled due to uh, you know a rain out, but um, still ended up uh, with three losses. So that's why they're right behind Anderson in that regard. And then Camden is thirteen and three. Wow! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> So uh, that in the Southern Division, also in the Southern Division, Darlington twelve and zero. Legends is fourteen and two. So they've gone out and played a few more people uh, in that regard. But all of this being said and done doesn't mean anything anymore with the uh, regular season because we are on to the playoff, playoff brackets. Round. And this is going to be fun because Greenwood gets to kind of sit back today and, and maybe run through a little bit of a practice. But they also get to kind of uh, find out what's, go- what's going on because today everybody else in their, in their bracket is going to end up playing. You've got uh, Calpins taking on Chesney. North Augusta takes on Gaffney. Um, Abbeville takes on Ridge Springs Manetta. And then tomorrow over at Greenwood High, Irma or Inman comes down and takes on the Braves there. Wow. In softball. So should be fun. And then uh, – We'll see what happens after today. We'll have a little bit more knowledge of, of how the bracket's going to end up and where Greenwood could possibly uh, end up win or loss, you know, with a win or a loss uh, in this one. But it is a double elimination. So, And we do know this Greenwood team is, and I've been told by more than one person, that this is a very, very, very young team. <laughs> and for us not to give up on them. I said, we're not giving up we're on not. We're How do you give up on the two-time defending champion? <laughs> that's <laughs> what I want to say to you. Know? <laughs> that's just what I – I mean, that's yeah. what I'll say. I mean, how do you give up? You're not going to give up yeah. on them. They're a good team. Well, I saw – Well, Coach, Tease, I mean, like I said, you got, they got – people know what they're doing, man. So, I mean, they're in good shape. I mean, they, you know, even even if they don't, let's say hindsight, they don't come through and win this thing. They've been there. They'll be ready next year. Well, Ty Vines is a proud pop. I mean, he stopped by the tent out there Saturday. Him and his wife were walking around and – he got to talking about the post twenty baseball oh, and softball, he and he is he is very proud of both teams, and the both teams are in the playoffs, and he's expecting big things out of both teams. Yeah, this, this is the same Ty Bynes you've been trying to get to come on the show, and he was right out there. We didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, we're taking the mic down, but that's how it, that's how it goes. That's how it, goes. it just happens that way. And then post twenty, uh, the baseball team—they are the third seed in the upper state region, so they're going to be traveling tonight, uh, seven o'clock, down to Richland. Uh, I think it's two fifteen. Post two fifteen. They go to Florida. Is they're going to be taking it's at AC Flora Field, I think. I saw yep, it's at AC Flora. Yeah. Uh, you can head on down there, and, and that field is going to be immaculate. You oh. know, it's immaculate. We saw it. We it, saw it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's a really well, cool and, and the kids from Greenwood have played on it. Yeah. yeah. So that may give them a little bit of an advantage. Who knows? You know. Yeah. I don't know. San Colombian in yeah. July, but it's still going to be gonna, nice and warm. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Toasty. So, yeah, that'll be a two versus three seed with Greenwood being the three seed. The one and four has Greer, who won Greenwood's region um, – uh, or District 6, I guess you would say, taking on uh, Chapin Newberry, who Greenwood was supposed to play, but that game ended up getting rained out. Um, so if if it comes down to it, it'd be fun to see Greenwood not have to return 
to Legion real. Field at all <laughs> through the post of this of this uh, <laughs> through the post of this run in this bracket. Because if they win, then they get to travel probably to Greer. If they win there, then they get the winner. Well, of, now, now you you're assuming that Greer's going to win. Now we got that's true. Well, Chapin and Newberry may win. Chapin and Newberry still a four seed, so Greenwood could come back tomorrow. Oh, right, could come back tomorrow. And that's what we want. Go ahead and hang Greer with a loss, <laughs> so when we we don't have to beat them but once. Hey, but we, we beat them once. We beat them Thursday. We just beat yeah. them Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Well, let's let's. One nothing, and uh, ended up the pitcher ended up walking four guys or three guys straight, and um, uh, the last one was Mason Hamby, who they ended up walking, and then he got chased all over the field by an orange bucket of Gatorade. So <laughs> it was whatever it takes, man. Whatever yep. it takes. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But if Greenwood, uh, yeah, if they they could come home, but uh, with that, and and then still have a chance at uh, being on the road, they. Basically, for that last game, if necessary, a, a six game in the process of all that. But um, you want to try to stay in that winner's bracket as much as possible. You do. And I think their chances are greater um, being in that winner's bracket than having to go through and maybe you know face Greer one more time or uh, even a Chapin Newberry who, what, three years ago ended up winning the whole thing. So I'm the opposite though, Tom. I, I like playing and I don't mind that loser's bracket. I mean, you got your – what I like about it – as a player, is your butt's on the line every game, and you get, there's no complacency at all. Yeah. If you come in like out of a setback game and you've been sitting for a day or two and you wait on this team that has had to win, had to win, had to, I don't care what anybody says, they got the momentum when they come in and play that game. Then this team has been sitting over here in the air conditioning, maybe looking out the window. Oh, there well, it'd just be one day. Well, you're, well I mean, a day. I mean, <laughs> I in this heat, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, if they win today and then they win tomorrow. Then they'd have the 12th off, which is Wednesday, and then they play again on the uh, 13th. They'd have to play a doubleheader. They, they okay. It's like Stan said, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go win it, guys. I like it. We'll see. The other teams uh, out of those two regions is good. The, in the Midlands region, you got the 2-3 seed with uh, Anderson being the 2, West Columbia the 3, and easily being the 4 seed versus Lexington being uh, uh, the 1 seed there. So. That's ended up there. But it's what, one, two, three, four, five, six different brackets with all that. And then they get into the uh, state tournament after that. So, and that'll be Francis Marion. That's where I started following last year with Jim and TJ doing the, the post 20 stuff on Mixler. That's where I started last year. And that's, that's really a good way to watch it. It's just, it's tough to get it. But once you get it, I mean, it's a good feed to watch it on, too. A lot of fun. Not like going out and supporting your team, though, going out and following them all the way. <laughs> so. um, I don't know if you saw it. I'm going to turn the attention now more towards the oblong ball as far as football goes. But Clemson had the freshman jersey numbers that ended up being assigned. And I always think it's fun to go through and see who has what number, so on and so forth. And, and some folks make a big deal out of it that, you know, number six, Tyler Brown has, um, uh, what's his name, number um, that's out there that that number hasn't been retired and they think it should be retired. So uh, that's a possibility. But I go through and I, I like to see where folks are from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who we yeah. got, and who, we you know, got. who the freshmen are. Uh, and it's fun to see the walk-ons. Do you know we have a walk-on from Honolulu, Hawaii, that goes by the name Tristan Martinez? He's a wide receiver, 5'9", 175 pounds. Okay? 
But that's, that's not what impresses me the most about this young man. Um, it's what he did in high school that is down there. His, now, he was a wide receiver. Yeah, he had you know yeah. a number of touches for you know so many yards. I think it was 716 yards. He had 71 career receptions for 716 yards. But what his number was stat, I think that what the Clemson coaching staff is looking at has got to be the punt returns and the kick returns. 15 punt returns for 340 yards, including a 52-yard return for a touchdown and a long for 56 yards to go along with that over the course of the – now I think it's only two years that he played, but over the course well, of two and years. That, and that shows you the, the, how the game is changing and uh, how these special teams players – that might be the only thing the guy does. It might be. But he's getting his college scholarship now. Granted, this is a walk-on mm-hmm. this year. If he gets on the field and he has a couple of those on the field, do you think he's going to be back at Clemson next year without a scholarship? No. Yeah, that probably, that probably is. Dabo will find him some money. And here's the deal there. Well, what more impressed me about him, because, you know, I do follow Max Preps, mm-hmm. and I, I, I followed this kid here. Do you have the colleges that, that had offered him? I don't. I know three right off the bat. Where he's from, University of Hawaii, Hawaii. Southern Cal in Oregon. When you can keep, when you can get a guy to come all the way that far across, <laughs> that would be what be more I'd be worried about staying. Yeah. That he gets homesick home and he sick. wants to go back home, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like finding him that full ride. But that's the key. If 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 it does happen, if I'm Clemson right now, I'm already looking. I'm already looking to find him a scholarship somewhere within the next year if it pans out, and I'm sure they have. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to be like, man, Coach, I really wanted that. Well, you get one if you play good next year like he did. So that's what you look at. But like I said, what it tells me, though, is as I continue being an SEC guy, as they tell me I am in a Gamecock, it tells me Dabo hasn't given up and his coaches haven't given up, and they're taking their butt out there and they're looking at these kids all over. That's telling me you're still doing your job as, as Dabo gets a lot of criticism about. Well, he gets a lot of criticism, too, about not recruiting within state. Yeah. Uh, and there are several players in here that are from South Carolina that are on scholarship. But you look also at the ones of the freshmen. He's given them a chance. I mean, we've got uh, Bryce Smith, offensive line from Six Mile, which is – Clemson. Clemson. Is, is, yeah. yeah, it's right there in his is backyard at Daniel. Daniel High yeah. School, yeah. Daniel from Piedmont, uh, South Carolina. Jake Norris, an offensive lineman. Great player. Um, yep. And uh, from Columbia, Charles Johnston, uh, wide receiver, 6'4", 200 pounds. He's from um, Chapin. Yep. Okay. And then you've got uh, Patrick Swaggart, defensive end, 6'4", oh, yeah. 235 out of Batesburg-Leesville. So, I mean, he's, he's taking some chances on these guys and giving them yeah. a chance to make, I didn't know they got him. make some noise. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but going back to uh, just a little thing here, going back to the, the kid from Clemson, you know, coming from Hawaii and the, the special team's input mm-hmm. that he could have, impact that he could have, college media days are getting ready to come up. About a and week every, away, two and, weeks. And every coach gets to take three players with him, you know. The three players going from Carolina. Number one, Spencer Rattler, quarterback. Yep, we knew that. Tonka Holland, that's the big defensive end. Oh, and we're going to take the punter, too. <laughs> well, you need to take how him. Many, how, many people, how many people, how many coaches take <laughs> – a punter to media day. That ain't a punter, man. That's Kyle but, Kroger. But, I got to kick him play quarterback. The thing is, <laughs> you true there, but, you know, this goes back to the Beamer ball things and how he, you know, 
that's the atmosphere. The the come on down. This is you know, and just because your opponent don't mean you're not gonna get to throw the ball, run the ball, <laughs> catch the ball. But oh, and by the way. Be a good speaker because I'm taking you to media days. You know, all these other guys are bringing in. Yeah, everybody's going to bring in their quarterback and their big defensive player, and then they'll bring in a running back or a wide receiver. Kickers and special guys, don't get a they, lot of they, that. Don't, they don't get a lot of that. Well, it'll be fun to see what happens with number 86, uh, Tristan Martinez out of Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, when he comes on, you know I'm going to be cheering for that. And, and, man. He, and you may see him on the very first kickoff. That they receive, he may go out there for kickoffs, and you know Dabo give him a chance. Tom, you might see him put a little bit of weight on him, and he becomes a heck of a tight end, more so than a return. I don't know, five nine. Uh, that's kind well, of well, that is short. Because usually, short. you know, five nine in the, on the roster sheet means he's really probably about five seven. So <laughs> he might be better said at he might be that kickoff specialist dodging them little guys on the punt returns, and the little <laughs> he will be fun to see that. All right. Well, we've got a couple of things at the high school level to talk about. The National Federation of State High School Associations came out with some of the rule changes this year and, and some of the most notable ones. And I, I never saw a penalty on this one, so, but evidently it's happened across some other states. But clarifying the towels do not have to be the same color for each player that they're wearing, um, such as the quarterback, uh, the center, the running back, the wideouts. You know, they all have towels. They don't have to be the same color. Okay, one could be black, one could be red. What's if those are colors. What's the big deal? But that was that was that was a big em- emphasis somewhere line the line. They did clarify when a player is in bounds after being out of bounds and what that means and what the uh, is going to be the penalty. The penalties will not change. However, defining the rule uh, has changed a little bit in that regard. And as you would think, if you run out of bounds, you can't be the first to touch it. Uh, you will be uh, uh, ineligible. Okay, unless there are other provisions that regarding that eligibility, as in uh, all of a sudden you toss the ball back to a running back, um, you know, before you ca- came back in or after you came back in, that ball is tossed to a running back, then you're eligible. That just redefining some of the rules. Um, intentional grounding exemption changes that were there, uh, permitting the exemption for uh, intentional grounding to the first and only player to possess the ball. Okay. So you can't pitch it to a running back or a wide out and have them spike it in that regard. makes I don't know why, but I, they're making yeah. the changes. <laughs> Listen, that's somebody, sit, that's somebody sitting in a room with a computer with nothing else to do. Listen, all I can tell him is don't send this to South Carolina because we got Jerome here, so do not send this to South Carolina High School. Yeah, but and this one I, I never thought of as being a problem in that regard, and, and but there was clarification on the ball being handed forward on a running play, such as <laughs> the quarterback or the running back gets in front and you reach around him and you, you hand it in his belly at yeah. that point. Um, the only exception, you know, none of that is going to make a difference with the exception of you can't do that to the center. He can't hand it to you, know, hand it off to you through his legs. You turn around and put it in his belly and let him run. I like the USFL game, we yeah. saw the defensive guy give yeah. it. Yeah. So I can't do that anymore. Whoa, Clyde has Clemson Tiger Nike gear on. Look at the dude. Clyde's back from Philly. Ryan, you got your game shirt on. Come on up here and escort this gentleman out the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, glad to have you back in Greenwood. You missed the barbecue. Hey, Talk about Lamar. Come on. Yeah, we got back Sunday. Did you? Where's we at anyway? Where's we at? She at home. Okay. Mm. I flew back first time. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
Well, we're glad to have you back in town. I haven't been the same without you. I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are some of the changes that the National uh, Federation of, of State High School Association is going through and, and coming down. So it's nothing really major. They're just clearing up some little odds and ends here. I'm interested with the, the like, because i tell you one thing that we saw a lot last year at Greenwood. We saw some of our receivers hit out of bounds several times. I really want that to be a, become a focus on, like, late hits out of bounds or hits out of bounds on players. Um, and that's kind of where I thought you were going when you were talking about the, you know, another receiver coming back in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, the rule probably stays the same in the fact that if I, if, if I push you out, you can come back in right. if I push you as a defensive player. I'm sure that doesn't change. But – you know, tweaking some of these rules, I'd rather see them go after some of the ones that could be more more uh, penalties toward injuries like late hits. Like we saw a ton at Florida. We saw a ton at Northwestern game in the well, in the state well, game. We played. I just want them to enforce the rules for both sides of the Yeah. I mean, you know, the defensive guy gets flagged for hands to the helmet. And then all of a sudden the running back's got the ball going around the end, and he reaches up and just flat – grabs the guy, tackler's face mask, and pushes him away from him, and no flag. You could get him for a face mask at least. Come on, throw the flag. Make it, you know, the rules don't exist for just offense or defense. I've said that for years about helmet to helmet. For, yeah, right. I, I mean, helmet to helmet. Who's going to lower his head first? If, that if, running back or the, the person that's going to get the – that's got the ball is going to lower first just yeah. out of instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Why is the penalty, the penalty going on the defensive guy? Yeah. Now, if he aggressively – uses the crown of the helmet to pound that guy. Now, that's a different story. Yeah. But if you got two players that, that – let's say I'm a running back and you're a defensive back, and I lower my head at running back to to because I know I'm going to get hit to keep possession of the ball, and the helmets hit each other, that's a little bit different. I mean, that's when you just say, I can't – that's just a good hit, good tackle. But when it's deliberate crown to crown, yeah, I got a problem with that too. So. Well, well, we'll find out a little bit more about it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't bring it to the state of South Carolina because we got Jerome. Well, I haven't, you know, you know that's coming. Um, it it'll is. be yeah, probably it'll be, in this yeah. month when they meet. We'll find out what the rule changes are for South Carolina football mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. All right. Uh, and the, I don't know if you saw it or not, but last week, uh, South Carolina um, High School League went ahead and they're, they're looking at possibly moving the uh, championship games and they're going to vote on it again this month. But right now they are looking at moving it to Orangeburg. Over there at South Carolina State, tentative plans as hey, of right stadium. now, moving all of them over there to uh, uh, what Dawson Stadium, I think yeah, is the I name think, of it. I think that used to be Haygood, yeah, yeah. but it's Dawson now. So uh, it should be fun. You're looking at what thirteen thousand seats, uh, a little over thirteen thousand seats versus the nine thousand that they had. I mean, yeah, yeah eighty-five, nine thousand that they had uh, over at Benedict College. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I think parking is going to be a better issue, too. It will be. With all of that that's going on. Well, I mean, you know, let's throw PC and Uberry, Walford, some of these schools in the mix. Huh? I mean, let's just don't say, well, just because this stadium's got can hold more people and got a little bit better. I mean, PC holds a good number of people, and they got a lot of parking. Yeah, and you know, I think I mean, the location probably had a lot to do with all of this, particularly for the low country teams in coming up, because it's going to be closer to them than it will. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to give them a distinct advantage because they always think coming to Columbia, they come coming to the upstate, and that's why the upstate always wins. <laughs> 
I want look. Maybe we just play we'll, better football. Look, look, here's what we're gonna do. We, we'll come to Orangeburg and beat you. It don't matter. Yeah, what you're bringing up is a really positive point. It should be done, but I'm more so in the fact of you said we're gonna have a vote on. Or has they already voted on it? It's tentative. Answer it's gonna right be. Now. They're supposed to finalize it before the football season here's starts. My so it may be August. Here's my bet. They won't have this done by the end of football season. It'll be tabled. Probably. Well, it was tabled last year. Because it, and the reason being is, they, do you not already have a contract with Benedict right now? For right now? I'm not sure how, how or long. Or is that from year contract. to year? That may be a year to year. You know, I, you never know. Well, if it's year to year, then I can understand them tabling. Yeah. But if they if there's if there's no agreement with Benedict, and it does help you out, like I said, you got a brand new stadium at Spartanburg. You got Gibbs at Walford. Mm-hmm. You got PC Bailey Field's mm-hmm. a great place. And I mean, when we talk about travel, we got Somerville and Spartanburg playing every year. We got Dorchester and Spartanburg playing every year. We got the Columbia teams, Dutch Fork and. They're going all over. So, travel's not really the issue. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think travel's really the issue. Well, South Carolina, University of South Carolina also is still in the mix. They've gone back and they're restructuring what they can charge and trying to see where they can cut costs and all of that uh, that are there. Whereas, I don't see why they just don't say, hey, (laughs) we'll just make our money off of concessions and you guys take the gate kind of a thing. Yeah, you bit me with that one. You beat me to the punch. Well, well, it's it's not only (laughs) that, but you've got – You've got to have the security. I mean, and 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 not just the security inside the building. You got to have it outside, in the parking lots. You got to have it on the streets, because Williams Bryce just sits right there in the corner, and you got six lanes of traffic on two sides of it, and four lanes on the other side. So, um, and then you got to have the fire personnel and EMS personnel there, and they have to be compensated, and. You know, well, we'll see maybe how they could get some. Maybe the high school league could get some volunteers, but you can't. You don't want to hang your hat on a volunteer. I promise <laughs> you. But it looks like probably the Orangeburg thing's going to end up going through for this year. Um, and true, but you know, it's been in and around the Upstate and Columbia for gosh. Well, I think it. All, 12, I think it ought to rotate. Yeah. Really, and and why? Why do we have to have all of them in one place? I mean, let's take. The, the two big schools, the the four A's and the five A's, let's take them, maybe the Orangeburg. Let's take the threes and twos and ones, maybe the Walford. Next year, the big the little boys go to Coastal and the big boys go to Clemson. You know, you change it around, move them from, yeah. and, you know, nobody knows who's going to win what. You know, yeah, a team from Charleston may win. And and be going to a state championship game after I've all the way to Clemson. Okay, well Gaffney may win the upstate and might have to drive all the way to Conway because that's where the five A's are playing. I mean, there's no difference, people. Come on. Well, yeah. If if you divide it up, though, you're gonna have to divide the TV up a little. Um, you have to divide, you know, well, that regard. And it may and that may be a good thing, Chris. <laughs> Look, man. Here's the one thing we yeah. need to do. <laughs> We need to put the money toward broadcasting because I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to watch I these guys. These, these guys when they broadcast these games, man. I know it's whatever, but I mean, some of this is just crazy. Some of those guys are just. It is insane. <laughs> um, uh, and of course, last month we found out that the basketball, they're going to go ahead and divide it up. The Florence Center is going to host, uh, what, the upper state, lower state, and the championship games. 
championships for both of those. So it'll all be at one spot. It'll be at the Florence Center, which uh, has been at USC Aiken. So you're looking at a capacity now of 76,000, almost 77,000. That's pretty good size. Versus 4,100. Yeah. So you'll, you'll be a few more tickets that are there. So we'll see. They may have to move the North Augusta um, games to USC Aiken or somewhere else. Maybe Augusta. Uh, well, that's possible. University, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. based on the, the fact they can't get enough seating in that gym. Well, they, North Augusta is building a new gym, so or they were last I, year. I anyway. thought it was already built, wasn't it? The gym's no, there. They're building the. Um, they're building. They were building something. I was thinking they were building a new gym, but I could be. I was wrong. thinking the gym was what they built first, and then they were going to stadium, and they're doing maybe a. Is it a field house? Possibly? Maybe a field house. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. A lot uh, of construction going on in that yeah. one little area. Mm-hmm. So we'll Gamecocks see. off the board. Will Sanders is the first Gamecock picked in the draft. He goes to the Cubbies. 113. Mm, beware of the goat curse. All right. <laughs> so our best picture goes 113. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're, we're not getting no love. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on from that. We're, we're, roll it. Yeah, roll it. We're, we're done with Jerome and his uh, – his antics that are going on that are up there. Far as here in Greenwood, we had a lot of competitions that went on, a lot of uh, great food that ended up getting consumed in the process of all of this, and uh, none bigger, I would say, uh, than the grand champion. We still don't know. You know, well, you know who the grand champion is, don't you? They were from Pennsylvania. I can't yep. remember their name. Be honest okay. with you, I didn't know of them. This first year they've been in Greenwood. All right. So we'll we've we've. Got a winner overall there, but we also have a winner in um, the hot dog eating contest. Hot dog eating contest. And our favorite Caroline was not the winner. Nope. As much as the mayor tried to make her the winner. Yes. I kept having to look closely, man. I, was, I had to pull the Chromebook happen. out because I'm watching it on the thing. But. Yeah. But we had uh, double winners. Uh, first time it's ever happened. You remember last year was Brian Crocker. He ended up eating, what, 17? He only ate 13 and took third place this time around. And then the two winners in 12 minutes ended up eating 19 hot dogs apiece. Congrats to uh, William Lyon and also Andrew Schaefer. And I think one of those guys was the one that sat right sat here right in the there. corner. Yeah. <laughs> when Carol, Caroline was uh, talking about it and ended up coming up and winning. And he sat right there with a the salt and pepper shaker. <laughs> so, yeah. so congratulations <laughs> yeah. to him. So congratulations to both of those guys. Forrest Gump was there. He did a fantastic job um, you know, emceeing the, the hot dog eating contest. But um, nobody got sick. That was the thing. I mean, you saw some faces that looked like it could happen, but nobody lost anything. I'm going to tell you the one that stunned me was the little shorter kid. The guy, he wasn't a kid, but and then the kid, the the Greenwood High School soccer guy, mm-hmm. he was in it. Murray, Betty Murray, or whatever, Betty Murray, he was in it. I don't remember how many. He didn't need a whole lot either. He was kind of like Caroline. He was watching, probably trying to stay out of it. <laughs> my thirteen, my three hot dogs. Hey, somebody dared him to do it, and he said, "I'm gonna do it." He ate more than seven or eight, though. I will tell you that. I don't remember yeah. his exact number, but there again, now you give me something else to hit on. Now, do we not have a paper in this town? It'll come out. The results should be already out now. It should have came out whenever they ruled on it. Saturday, it should have been in the day, today's night. paper because they don't have a Sunday paper now, right? Nope. So it should be in. It should have been in today's paper. So there's another hit with them right now. So they come back at me. <laughs> so I'm at y'all now. Yeah, but when you, you we're, we're trying to find a contest for you to enter. That is there. Stan has looked, and you went ahead and you looked, uh, and Joey Chestnut evidently has all of them except for maybe the pickle eating contest. I don't think he has that one. Joey's got 52 competitive eating records. And like I said, when you and I went over them, I mean, that was just – it's just 
some of them just amazed me, man. I mean, the ones that we talked about, Stan, for me, was the Taco Bell burritos, the soft shell and stuff like that. And, I mean, that's insane that these guys are even doing that. I mean, that's crazy. And the jalapeno peppers. Jalapeno peppers. I mean, uh, boiled eggs. I mean, mean, come on. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, I think I found one for you that is here. This year's winner of the North Carolina Mount Olive Pickle Eating Contest was Cole Lambert from Glendale, West Virginia. Guess, guess how many pickles he ate in five minutes. Now, we're talking the big deals here. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. This is the one Haley this wanted the, to go to with this is Yeah, this yeah. is the big jar, you know, 20 in a jar yeah. big deals here. Yeah. Um, 32, 32. How many, 32. Mi- no, how many minutes? You got five minutes. Oh, five minutes. Five minutes. Oh, that's a long time. I'll still say 32. I don't know. Well, if you can eat 32, you would smash the what this cat I'm did. going by my record over here. I'm looking at Because these records here are killing me. So. Yep. Uh, 13. 13 big deal pickles at the North Carolina Pickle Festival in Mount Olive. We can try it. So and those, next those year, would probably be fresher than the ones you get in a grocery store, so they'd be even better. They crunch. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, that Vlasic stork yeah. wouldn't be able to just <laughs> keep up with these. Be red. Be red. You got a competition, region that you want to do, me and you can do in here next year. Let's do boiled eggs, me and you. You up for that? Guess what the record is by Joey Chestnut on boiled eggs? 141. I, 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 <laughs> I, I look, look, I'll stay in this corner and you stay in yours, but they will both be outside by the time this competition's over. <laughs> Uh, His records B- are unbelievable. B- B-Rad's going to say he's going to join <laughs> Caroline and just go three. Well, you yeah. said burritos. Like you, what, you about, said, what about the Chitwood in or has he ever entered a pickle pig's feet contest? I didn't you see got it. The list? Yeah, I didn't see that either. That's not on here. I pickles, mean, pig's feet. Yeah, Ooh. we need to get the pickle I mean, pig's feet. and the. Uh, I guess when you – all right, how many – we got 51 states. Is that what it is? Or, mm-hmm. So, he's got 52 records. So, I guess he's going one for each state he's been to. So, wherever that one's at, he needs to go. He needs to get that record on here because, I mean, it's just – some of these records are crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but there isn't a pickle one. That's surprising. No, I was excited about soft tacos until I saw 53 soft tacos from Taco Bell. I mean, <laughs> 53. So, and like I said, he didn't have a record for everything. There's other ones out there yeah. that's just crazy. Like yeah. I told you, donut holes. I'd love to try like maybe one, 10 donut holes. And one thing before we leave, we got to congratulate the young lady from Emerald High School that mm-hmm. signed with the Vandy. current national champion bowling Vandy. Vanderbilt Commodore. So we got to young lady from Greenwood that's going to be going to Vanderbilt and competing on that bowling team. That that's is incredible. We just get in that university, by the way, so congrats to her. and Good to see Coach Scruggs, DeBugs, and, uh, DeBose yeah, and the rest the of those. We saw him the guys today. were here today. They didn't want to stick around and talk, so they busy. Uh, out on that, it, it, it's no longer dead period, right? So they, right, it's so dead, the they dead could, period is over, so, so they, they can get out. yeah. People can start with lifting weights again this week and get back at it. Which, by the way, eighteen days until the first day of practice, thirty nine until the first game of the season. Week, I'm gonna call it week one. It's actually week zero yeah, according yeah, to South Carolina. But don't yeah, get me started about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's one for Jerome and him. If they can't solve that one right there, man, I got no confidence. I'm just saying. <laughs> If you stay week zero, Jerome, it's time to look in. Maybe that's why I run that ad in the paper. All right. I'm Tom Carroll. That's Chris Cox, the coach, Dan Spivey. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.